What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. That works seamlessly. If you didn't know, you probably don't know. Craig is not here today. Kevin is not here today. They We will be checking in down from the NovaCare, the Eagles practice facility for the NRG flag football charity game. We appreciate you taking your time away from the I-95 live stream to join our program today. We have a good one for you. It's Bob Wankel to talk everything Philadelphia Phillies. And Bobby, I already messed up forgetting that Craig's not here, so I forgot to add you to the stream. How are you, my man? What's happening, man? How are you? Just here to talk some 500 Philadelphia Phillies baseball. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, well, all we do is just watch baseball now until mid-August and preseason football comes back. Like, you have no choice. This is what you have, unless you're watching the U.S. Open today. Um, I, I got to tell you, like, I'm excited that, that baseball comes into focus. You guys with your NBA and your Bradley Beals and uh, just I, enough with this. Who cares? Who cares? It's baseball season, baby. It's, who cares is me, the future of Crossing Broad and every Sixers fan who – needs the Sixers to be good and no I mean listen I get it I'm just I'm just kind of uh busting your stones a little bit but I mean when when it comes to the Phillies they are now the center of attention for better or for worse and they've gotten fantastic year-over-year attendance people have come out in droves early on this season but that's going to run out at some point. You know, they're going to stop showing up because of 2022 they need to start showing up because of 2023 so it's time for the Phillies as the center of attention to play better baseball. And so this is coming a good time for them to get back to 500 after falling seven games below. That is true. It is, it is perfect for the NBA finals to wrap up. It's perfect for the Stanley cup finals to wrap up. They bring back dancing on my own. They're nine and two since then they're back to 500. As you mentioned, the, 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 uh, the starting pitching, at least the top three seems to be uh, getting their shit together. The bats are getting hot and stuff. Are we, I, it, should I say, should we believe in this team or should we have already believed in this team? And this team has already kind of made us not believe in them earlier in the season. Like what's kind of this like outlook on this team? Where do you see that they need to, to grab our attention for the rest of the season? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're kind of just coming in now or you've had paid loose attention to them, you know that they've underachieved. They've been pretty underwhelming here for about two and a half months. And I don't think that the goal is to be 500. I don't think, though we're kind of almost mockingly celebrating the idea that uh, they're finally back to 500 for the first time in a month. It's it's been a tough climb. I mean, you know, offensively they've underperformed. They've been very inconsistent at times. This past week has been much better. Um, the starting pitching has been an issue. Aaron Nola has been erratic. Wheeler got off to a somewhat slow start. Taiwan Walker's been really up and down. It's either been pretty good or just dreadful. Ranger Suarez, it took a few turns through the rotation to get him going. And the bullpens had some bumps in the road at times. So they are basically on merit a 500 team. I do think that this is a team that will probably make the playoffs. They have some work to do. But overall, I think you're coming in at an okay time. Like, they're not going to beat the Braves in the NL East. But do I think that they're in the mix for a wild card? Yeah. And then they've shown – that they once once they get in and if they get in that they can be a threat and I don't think that's the ideal formula for success like you want to go out win 100 games win a division and be the lead dog mm -hmm. but if there's a team that that I'm in the NL and I'm the Braves I'm the Dodgers that I don't want to play come October it's 
Probably the Phillies. Phil's, I mean, it's the Phil's again. I mean, you look at the payroll, man. Like, it's like they should be top two, definitely, maybe even competing for the NL East. Do you believe in the Marlins? I know we're sitting third right now. Obviously, the Braves are seem to be like a wagon. Do you believe in the Marlins uh, keeping this up? The Marlins have basically been a 500 team. They got a favorable run on the schedule against the A's, and I know Oakland's played better here lately. Uh, and then they had the Royals, who have just been terrible. So they bullied off both of those teams. I believe they swept both series. That got them like seven games over. They lost two out of three this week in Seattle. I think that the Marlins are going to hang around because I don't think that the National League is particularly strong. So Miami's probably good enough to hover around 500, and that's that's going to keep you in it until at least mid-September. Conversely, the Mets are sitting in fourth right now, and it's like we just had that Drew Smith. He's got 10-game suspension. Scherzer obviously had his before. They have a couple guys that got popped down in uh, Syracuse. I believe that's uh, AAA potentially. Do you do you believe this team can kind of regroup from a from a, a lens outside of you know following baseball every day? They kind of seem like a bunch of losers. Like they seem like a Mets team from the past. Like they have old ass pitchers. Vogelbach's taking up a roster spot. It's like a, a loose mental health break, but it's really they want to get a swing together. It was just really weird. They should have made up an injury. Steve Cohen wants to be Steinbrenner. He's like the worst cosplay of Steinbrenner ever. Uh Al- Alonzo's on the mend. Lindor's proven to be a loser. He's struggling this year. Like are do you see them turning it around? They steal one from uh the Yankees yesterday, but they tried to give it back. It's tough. Like you come in and you say, wow, Verlander, Scherzer, and there's different veterans on the team that you, you go like, okay, they're going to win 90, 95 games. They won a hundred games last year, you know, so they've gone out and they've theoretically improved their team. But when you really look at what the Mets are, you take Pete Alonso out of that lineup, which he is for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's a bad lineup. I mean, it is a mediocre at best lineup. And then when you look at the way that Scherzer and Verlander have struggled, they've been up and down uh, some, some time missed by both guys. I just don't know that you compare two pitchers pushing 40. There's not a ton of depth in that rotation. The bullpen is very average, just a bunch of guys. Uh, the, the injury to Diaz has been devastating. And the lineup, like I said, is just very okay. I mean, I, I don't think that what we've seen from the Mets is all that all that surprising. I think what what has been surprising have been the struggles of of Verlander and, and Scherzer. Um and and so when I kind of power rank the NL East, I think the Braves are far and away the best team. I don't think it's even close. Uh, it doesn't mean that the team can't get them in the playoffs, but I think when it just comes to this division, I think the Braves will run away with it. I'd be surprised if it's even closer than 10 games. Uh, I think the Phillies are probably the second best team. Still think the Phillies will probably win somewhere between like 87 and 89 games when it's all said and done. I expect Atlanta to push 100 wins, though. And I think the Mets at best are a 500 team. Miami probably falls in there somewhere in the same neighborhood. Damn, that's crazy. What What do you make of the whole uh, sticky stuff situation? It, it, it's, it feels like we're reminiscent of, of Strasburg. Strasburg gets ejected. Drew Smith gets ejected. Goes into the clubhouse. The clubhouse attendant says, "Yeah, you got nothing on your on your on your hands." Drew Smith says the same exact thing. Played the same playbook after the game. Said the same thing. Then comes out yesterday and doesn't appeal the suspension. Is that the clubhouse? Maybe Buck or maybe the guys upstairs being like, "Dude, just take the two take the two games off rest." Or is it kind of like we can't fight this sticky stuff and we just have to we have to get better rules in place? 
Yeah, I think it's more of an issue uh, across the sport. There's all these gray areas, but once you get ejected from a game, you really just don't have much of a leg to stand on in the appeal. Um, you know, you're tossed for a reason, and then you say, okay, well, when you get when you talk to the umpire that makes the call, where they say, oh, actually, you know what? I made a mistake. I shouldn't have thrown him out. I mean, those are the rules. They're pretty rigid. They're, they want to make sure that the stuff is policed properly. You know, when it comes to like the sticky stuff, this conversation about, you know, everyone's doing something, everyone's always trying to push the envelope. I, I, to me, it's like, I'll go back to where I've always been on this. When this first became an issue a couple of years ago, just let these guys use what they want to use. You know, I, I think that you have to have certain rules in effect. I don't mind that the umpires check the check the equipment, but I just think it's it's hard to police, and it does feel like that just not even with sticky stuff, but a lot of the different rules, the pitch clock, there's just a lot of uncertainty with the implementation of the rules. And it seems like in certain stadiums, certain teams, certain umpires, they evaluate these things in different ways. And I get why players and players union are a little bit frustrated by it. Speaking of the pitch clock, Aaron Ola came out yesterday and a couple other, or last week and a couple other guys said the pitch clock's pretty fast at home. Have you been there? I know Ant's covering most of the games this year. Have you been down? Have you noticed that? Yeah, I've done about 10 Phillies games this year. Anthony has taken the lead on it to the, to the naked eye, to somebody that's not playing the game now. I mean, yeah. you're sitting up in the press box, you're watching on TV. I don't think it feels any faster, but when you're in the box and you know that you've got to be on that pitcher at the eight-second mark, you're on that, that mound, you don't have any recourse to stop the game, you're aware. Like that one second, if you only have 15 of them with a the runner on base, yeah. it, they, they add up. So you do feel that as a player. And it's funny, like, I saw Marcus Hayes, your guy, Marcus Hayes, wrote a column today about Aaron Nola and talking about the pitch clock as an excuse. And I know fans are really frustrated with Aaron Nola and the pitch clock conversation. And I get it. They should be because it's June 15th. Any any third party observer, any fans going to sit here and look at it and say, like, figure it out, man. Like, you don't hear 95 percent of the pitchers around baseball complaining about the pitch clock at this point. You've got to figure it out. And I, I know that's the reality of it, but there is something to be said for it. Um, pitchers, not all of them have been vocal. Not all of them have been outward with it, but everyone feels it. A lot of these pitchers do not like it. It's not that they they want the pitch clock to go away, but it's like give us a little bit more time. Just give us five more seconds per batter, and I think it makes a big difference. But um, it's real. I mean, you're you're pacing your rhythm and wait until it gets hot. Wait until now. It, you know, it, it gets to be 90, 95 degrees, and these guys have to ramp it up at an elevated pace. And again, nobody wants to hear it, but it's real. Do you think Aaron Nola found a hack by throwing the ball away? Or do you think now that Rob Thompson got tossed over the weekend that uh, they might be checking that and saying, hey, you know, Aaron, you're only allowed to throw away like three to four balls in a bet? Yeah, I think it's something that they will keep an eye on. There is nothing in the rule book that says you can't yeah. do that. I mean, and, and so that was a little bit frustrating. Anthony speculates, and I don't want to speak on his behalf, but he thinks because Aaron Nola sort of had pointed this out and it's something that the Phillies have kind of made a thing that they were looking for it on Saturday and they were, they were ready for it, you know? So, yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it, you know, they followed a complaint against the pitch clock guy or a complaint with, with MOB, whatever. Manfred probably gave the dude a race. He's probably like, yeah, <laughs> speed that pitch clock up. And if you look at the stats, I think they're like 19 and 10, 19 and 11 at home right now. They, they're two, uh, runs better the pitching staff yeah. is at home than they are away. We had the we had the Tigers guys that got called out on on two third strikes in one game. Like it's working, guys. It's working. Whatever you're doing is working. Leave the pitch clock guy alone. 
It's funny though that that Nola has sort of become the face of this because he's the one guy right now. And here we are today, right? Chance to win three out of four in Arizona. And you're going to Aaron Nola, who's been up and down, disappointing. Uh, I, I don't know what word you want to use, but you look at Aaron Nola and you go back to even that start against the Dodgers on Saturday. Six innings, three runs. He gives up three runs, all with two outs. And then in the seventh, it all blows up on him. And I mean, he's got to deliver. He's got to start finding some form of consistency if this team's ultimately going to get to where they want to go. I think you can just call him Aaron Nola. When you don't know what to do with something or you don't know something, if you're ever at home, you'd be like, yeah, hey, you know, you're trying to explain to your wife the situation. It's like, it's just Aaron Nola. It's like not good. It's not bad. It's just right in the middle. But it asks for $200 million. It's like, it's like a heater. It's like replacing a new heater. It's like you don't know what it does or wait, replacing your, your water heater. You don't know what it does, but when you, when you lose it, you're going to need it. It's going to cost a lot of money. So. It is going to cost a lot of money. It certainly is going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> um, first round of MLB All-Star voting came out. Right now, position players, for, for only position players, Bryce Harper looks like the uh, the only guy that's going to be there. Uh, Nick Cassianos is kind of outside looking. I think he's like eighth or ninth right now, and they take six outfielders. If I set the line at the Crossing Broad Sportsbook at three and a half Phillies All-Stars, are you hammering the over or are you hammering the under? Under. Um, I know that there was a suggestion that Kimbrell might be invited because he recorded his 400th career save, even if you want to add him into the mix. I just don't see it. Um, I will say with with two more good weeks here, a guy like JT Real Muto could get back into the conversation. I mean, he went from the start of this yeah. Arizona series, a 709 OPS, which is very underwhelming to push in almost 800 to, to lift that, those numbers by that amount in three games is really impressive. And if he has another two good weeks here, he could get into the conversation Harper because of the name. I don't think the production, I certainly respect the fact that he's gotten himself back as quickly as he has. He's still been pretty good, but he hasn't been Bryce Harper. Um, but maybe the name pushes him in Castellanos. I think on merit will, will be a reserve so okay. long as he doesn't fall off a cliff here in the next couple of weeks. And even Zach Wheeler, you know, he's the one guy that his numbers first 11 starts or so. Uh, okay. He has that blow up start in Washington. You figure that's the end of it. But the last two times out, he's been awesome. So he could pitch his way back into the conversation as well. Three and a half is probably a pretty good number, but I think they probably land with like two or three when it's all said and done. No Alvarado. I just don't know how a reliever who misses a month makes it. Um, Certainly, he's been great. He was awesome last night. Uh, you saw like 16 straight pitches, 100 miles an hour plus. Nails down that game. That that would have been a terrible loss for them last night. And, you know, listen, Rob Thompson is the manager of the team. So, you know, if, if he has that final discretion, maybe he says, I know how good he is. He still deserves it, even having missed a few weeks, possibly. So, yeah, he's yeah. probably in the mix, too. But three and a half, I just think it, it shakes out where it lands on the under. How awesome was it that JT finally hits for the cycle? First time in 19 years. The trivia question at every bar is always David Bell, David Bell, David Bell. It happens at 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Everybody's asleep because they got to get up an extra hour now that I-95 is shut down. Nobody gets to see it. Is it just poetry that, that, that that's how it happened? Yeah, and not only that, they lose the game. <laughs> they lose the game, too. <laughs> and they lose the game. So where were you the night that the Phillies lost 10-9 to the Arizona Diamondbacks, blew a 5-1 lead uh, through a bullpen game, and none of their best relievers even appeared in it, and they wasted a cycle by JT Real Muto that was 19 years in the making when he replaced a player that absolutely everybody in the city disliked. Uh, it's yeah. it's good stuff, yeah, all around. 
perfect, really. Perfect, perfect uh, storybook Phillies, Phillies yeah. ending, honestly. Yeah. Um, Zach Wheeler, 10 years in the MLB. How's the guy celebrate? Just like I think anyone would, would if they, uh, like me or you, any regular guy, South Jersey, Philadelphia, Delaware Valley area, he gets an entire catered McDonald's meal. So, Bob, I know you've been here for a little bit. I just want to know, when crossing broad and you reach your 10 years, what do you want catered so I can I can tell the suits upstairs? Um, let's see. If we're going fast food, I think it's it's got to be Taco Bell, right? Like really? Little, oh, yeah. What's Just your order? Pure, pure variety. You know what's weird? When I go to Taco Bell, I try to minimize the damage. So I'll go quesadilla. Like I'll go chicken quesadilla and I'll just like, I'll mix one soft taco in the mix. I can't really? do the burritos. I can't. Yeah. But yeah. But you're old now. Is that always you? I mean, 20s, 20s, Bob, like you, you could bounce back the next day. 20s me wouldn't even go to Taco Bell. I found Taco Why? Bell when I moved to my most recent house. It's right down the street. And I was like, what? no, I finally got to give in to Taco Bell. Dude, I didn't have Taco Bell until I was like 30 years old. <laughs> Yokiano Taco Bell? You never yeah, had it. Like- no, no. It was never. I, I tried like a Chalupa about like six years ago. And uh, I was like, all right, this is pretty good. And Taco Bell gets me on the hook now like once every two to three weeks. But before that, Bro, nah, you, I resisted, you lost I resisted the urge to go to Taco Bell. Yeah. You lost out on your prime Taco Bell years. Dude, I'm like my diet is like I'm a human dumpster. Like you cannot think of a, a more unhealthy. Like I run like 30, 35 miles a week and I still weigh like I still have a gut. I'm still like 10, 15 pounds overweight because I drink. I eat wings, pizza, cheesesteaks been known to hit chick-fil-a i'll mix in a big mac occasionally but taco bell i was just always like no that's unhealthy i can't do it (laughs) it's like the guy who drinks more light that was my my threshold as the as the guy who went out on saturday and uh, had 16 16 miller lights Dude, the, the the guys who drink, yeah, the guys who drink like Michelob Ultra at the barbecue, they're like, well, it's it's only ninety calories, and yeah, and you're drinking more light, which is a hundred, and then oh, what's that IPA two sixty? Not knowing yeah, that I mean, look, when, when you're thing, putting but. back ten to fifteen of them in the summertime, those calories add up, man. So, <laughs> those calories yeah, do add Taco up. Taco Bell wasn't uh, something I found until my thirties. I'm, I'm glad I did. Holy that. shit! I can't Very I can't good. believe you you didn't do no. No Crunchwrap Supremes, no Cheesy yeah. Gordita Crunch. I mean, dude, the quesadilla, whatever sauce they use on that quesadilla yeah. could literally end wars. Like, that <laughs> is the greatest sauce. It's better than Chick-fil-A sauce. It's better than Buffalo wing sauce. It is an amazing sauce that they put on those cheese que- those chicken quesadillas. I mean, I don't even dude, get out of the parking lot. Like, I go right through the drive-thru, and I just pull into a space, and I eat it right in my car. Like, I don't even you know- get home with Oh no, no! That's what you have to do. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. that's that's yeah, car meal all day. Yeah, dude, no, no Doritos, no those Doritos tacos. Oh, man, I never got into the Doritos stuff. Like all the stuff that they market, I'm like, nah. I'll do the quesadilla. Like, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I live. My God, I used to I'm be a Chalupa guy too, but I got off that game. Mexican pizza? Never had it. Never, never had, had it. Never yeah. had it either. Now the be- I mean, Taco Bell. Uh, inflation hits everything. I just don't think it hits Taco Bell. I mean, the, no. the, the dollar, the dollar rollers, you get the, uh, the one with the Fritos in it, the one with the potatoes in it. I mean, you can rack up like 10. Oh my God. I could talk about, I could talk about Taco Bell for days. Is like, that Taco your Bell go-to? Is that your go-to fast food restaurant? 
So when I was growing, when we were in my twenties, like we used to always go to McGillan's. We spent an unhealthy amount of time at McGillan's. You'd walk two blocks down. It would be the tenth and uh, Chestnut. I want to say is the Taco Bell would be open till three, four in the morning and stuff. And you would just twenty dollars. You would just have a feast, a feast for a king. And it was like, you know, that's that's how it was. You wake up so. the next morning. You just had to be feeling like a million bucks, right? Like you just had one hundred percent. Now I did it. I did it recently. I th- I did it about six months ago. That's tough now. Now I know I'm getting older. Once you hit 30, man, it's wild. You know, like <laughs> I have a cheeseburger and my ass jiggles for a week. It's wild. My metabolism has just shot. And that's why going back to Zach Wheeler, I'm so jealous. This guy can just, you know, sweat burger grease out on the mound and still throw a no hitter, still be a Cy Young candidate at 33 years old. He's still skinny as shit. It's crazy. It's nuts. Blessed with genetics. That's that's all it comes down to, man. That's true. Hey, um, I want to go back to dancing on my own for a second. They brought it back. How 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 are we, uh, how are we feeling? Uh, you know, when you're in the clubhouse and stuff. I heard they still have the smoke machine too after wins. Yeah, I, the smoke machine made an appearance on Sunday after the game. Come in a little fog. Um, I mean, listen, I I I know there's this take out here that that dancing on my own is a bad song. I don't I, understand I, it. I totally disagree. I I think it's a good song and. I know that you want to leave the past in the past. 2022 is 2022. And I totally understand their intent. You come out, you say like, that's a second place song. We're trying to win it all this year. You look up in the standings zone, you're seven down, like you're seven games under 500 in June. You say, all right, let's bring back the vibes. Like we've got to, we've got to get this thing on track. And so it's not really about better pitch selection. It's not about Aaron Nola going out there and execute with two strikes or two outs. It's just about playing better music after the games. You know, that's all it is. It's all it I is. think somebody on Twitter said it like this is a vibes club. This isn't like you like you do have your three hundred million dollar players and you got your bench guys and everything, but they will all just come together just based off of vibes. You can't just be hitting 30 home runs, you know, during uh, like every single month. Like it's a vibes team. Like they, Whatever they go, you like, have to do to talk yourself into it from a mental yeah. standpoint. Hey, it's June. I'm Kyle Schwarber. I'm going to start hitting now. Uh, hey, dancing on my own. It worked last year. Let's roll that back. Let's do it. I mean, they, they need, they needed something. So um, I think, I mean, in all honesty, is the story totally overplayed. Sure it is, but it's a good story and like good for them. I like it. Have fun with it. Are you a Robin or, or Caleb Scott? I'm Caleb yes. Scott guy. Like I just, you know, the Robin's, Robin's a little too long. Robin's long. It's a long yeah. song. Who is it? The, is it you that, that hates it or is it Kincaid? Kincaid hates it. Stunning. That's, that's genuinely metalhead. shocking development. You know. Yeah. 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 Definitely metalhead. Well, actually, yeah. that's a great segue there, Bob, because the the dancing on my own hater is actually here. He's down at the NRG uh, Eagles flag football charity game. Let's hope we can get him on and maybe get some of his teammates on right now. I'm really scared to put him on. I feel like it's going to be loud as hell. So three, two, one. <laughs> Yo, yeah. buddy. That's good. How you doing out there? You scouting the competition? Uh, not really. Just trying to get through this without an injury and without looking like too much of a hard ass. Yeah, so, that's, uh, that is the tough thing to do. You don't want to be like awesome and break a guy's ankles like you did last year, but you also yeah. want to kind of take it seriously enough that your team knows you're not lollygagging out there. That's nice, well, man. You get, you get the, the winning team uh, gets an extra $1,000 to their charity, and if you win uh, MVP, you get an extra $1,000 too. So I'm on Team Chop today, okay. and uh, the other charities are Nemours, uh, Phil Abundance, and Big Brothers Big Sisters. So. There's an incentive to compete, you know, because you get more money to your charity if, if you win or whatever. Now, we did, we came in, uh, we were 0-2 last year, but uh, we're going to try to get off the schneid this year and win one. And Who's on the team? So we got Chris O'Connell, 
a couple other people who I'm going to go over and meet in a minute. Uh, who else do I see over here? I see Pat Gallons running around over there. I see E-Rock. Maybe I can get E-Rock to come on here and say some words. Um, no, it's cool, though, man. It's great playing in the Eagles facility. I mean, like, holy shit, who wouldn't want to have this, this experience, you know? I know. Like, all stuff up on the wall, you know. And then we got we got celebrity Eagles coaches, like uh, alumni of the team come, and they uh, they kind of coach us up a little bit. So last year we had uh, Hollis Thomas. I think my coach this year is A.J. Feely. Uh, where's A.J. at? I want to ask him some questions. I don't know. I don't think he's here yet, believe it or not. Um I, here's a, a quick, you know, a little trivia thing not here. Don't worry about uh, the game plan, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we got to get the playbook. Uh, yeah, we got to get a lot of stuff for guys here. Um, no, uh, AJ, as people know, is married to Heather Mitts. Uh, Heather and I did some Philadelphia Union stuff back in the day because she was a, uh, she was like an ambassador for the team for a while. So, uh, so that was fun, man. I would like to do that again. But yeah, it's cool. We're gonna do like player intros here, like twelve forty-five, and then uh, get it going for there. Hey, E Rock, E Rock, come over here, stuff. Hey, we're live on Crossing Broadcast. Pagan wants yes, to say sir. hi to you. Yo, Pagan, what's happening, dude? What's up, B-Rock? How we feeling? Where we getting one percent better today? You should be here right now, Randon, Randy Moss and these guys. Where are your, where's your big ass? <laughs> You're giving me too much credit. I played D3 ball, basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, what, did, what did we play? I mean, we played D-nothing, man. You're like six foot five. You would be MVP if you came down here and played. I'd be like Tyree Jackson, like everyone thought Tyree Jackson was going to be the guy they be threw like, to. You got Just be like, <laughs> I'm five foot six. I got like a four inch vertical, bro. We need you down here. Yeah, it's, it's not that kind of game, Pagan. You know. Ask Rock if we're getting one percent better today. Does he feel it coursing through his veins now that all the uh, imagery is around there right now? How you feeling? Uh, listen, we got that dog mentality. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play rock <laughs> paper scissors. We're gonna get one percent better every day. We're gonna connect like the Eagles do. Yeah. And you know we're gonna raise some money for some great charities. Good to see you uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, to see. good to see you, buddy. That's right. Let's see who where's, else is uh, over here. Where's Devin Kane? Where's Breland Moore? Where's uh, Chris? Did you show Chris O'Connell the oil tanker video yet? Uh, I, know, I know he's wondering where that was. Hey, Chris. Chris. Hey, Chris. Come here for a sec. You want to say hey? Hey, hey. Hey, we're live on Crossing Broadcast. Oh my God, I'm live. Yeah, you are live. <laughs> What's, What's up, up, guys? Chris? How are you? How you doing, man? I wish you, you guys were down here. I mean, we got the we got the crew here. We got the crew from Chop. Where do you see the end of this? Hopefully, no ACL tears. I was I literally tore an ACL playing this game one year. So hopefully, we get out of here. You know, unscathed. My man right, here. Man. The ringer. Right, yeah, I know the ringer. Yeah. Oh my god. Just having fun down here, pagans. Who's standing out? I mean, I played, I played, uh, I played pickup basketball with Pat Gowan. Sneaky, athletic, sneaky, wiry, kind of like you, actually. Um, the guy in the green over there was the MVP last year. That's uh, uh, Gervais from Survivor. Ricky Gervais. Uh, Gervais Peterson or whatever his name is. I guess I could walk over and ask him, but uh, he was the MVP last year. His team won. Hey, Gallon, come here. We'll have him say hi. Oh, look at look at Kev just hey, commanding. We're on crossing broadcast, man. You want to say hey to the boys? What's up, dude? What's up, Pat? What's up, How man? you doing? I was like, live. We live. We're live. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're live, live right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it live. I'll write it, and we'll. Uh, I guess I should tell these people I'm putting them live before I just shove a phone. In <laughs> hey, front of them. Don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I was just like a hey, phone call with your wife or something. I didn't. No, no. Hey, talk to my wife. No. Um, yeah, say hi so, to my kids. <laughs> yeah, say out of my kids. Gallon and I, I think, have played in every single media game that there has been in Philadelphia. This we've is the first at, time that I played it. Oh, really? So, yeah. but we played at the Wells Fargo Center. We played at Subaru Park. 
I they won't let us on the ice at Wells Fargo. That would be like a like a waiver, you know, waiting yeah. to happen there, you know. But uh, it might yes. be like tryouts. It would be like tryouts, yeah. But you're on team. What team are you on? Uh, I'm on team Big Brothers, Big, big Sisters. Big Brothers, Big yeah. Sisters. All right, so enemies for today, but uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin, Former I, I like Chop. I like Chop, but man, do I love some Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So I might be on the team today. <laughs> there he is. Uh, now we're on CBS3, too. Yeah. Wow. Hey, look at this. No, it's like some Inception kind of stuff. You got a camera on a camera, you know? I love that. I love that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know, just uh, – you, like you, you, you were the big-time playmaker last year, open field, making guys miss. Like, do you think you can run that back this year or what? I don't know. You know, I got my highlight reel that's now pinned to the top of my Twitter forever. I feel like I already achieved what I need to achieve. So my goal is just not to be an asshole out here okay. and uh, make sure everybody has fun. And uh, we'll see, though. Like I said, man, you want people to win. Uh, oh, there's uh, Farzetta. Is Farzetta wearing a blue shirt? I guess I'm on Farzetta's team this year. They walk over to him. Yeah, we just – I don't know, man. The games are kind of tough because you just keep playing and playing and playing. Like, it's a running clock. There's no stoppages or anything. So we were all, we were all gassed and, like – well, what, kind of, what kind of shape would you say you're in right now? How have you been prepare, uh, preparing for this event? I still play soccer every week. Okay. So right. for, for a 38 year old, I'm probably like like you know as good as you can be for a for a 38 year old dad with two kids. But I I would I'd be lying if I said I feel like I felt when I was in my 20s. You know, it's just uh, started to feel it right around like age 30. It just takes you can still feel like you can do everything you used to do, but it just takes you a lot longer to recover, man. That's that's what amazing. We don't have the value path, you know. He also went from a push lawn mower to a sit down electric mower, so you got to factor that in too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was not, but not because I was physically incapable. It's just because it saved me a lot of time. So that was the uh, the gist with that. But uh, no, nah, man, this is fun to do every year. Shout out to NRG for having us down here. Dave Schrader's been a great host um, to us. You know, Kyle, uh, the maestro used to come down and play this game back in the day. So it's cool to uh, to come down here and do this it's for a good cause and. Everybody has a good time. It's nice to get my ass off the uh, out of the office and come down and do this stuff. So you you can do it next year, Pagan. All right? Yeah, working harder than the guys on nine ninety five right now. You checking in on the live cam? Have you, have you been keeping yeah, an yeah, eye I'm on checking it? Checking on the live cam. Oh, there's five guys sitting down on the uh, on a steel beam. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Build back better program. Yeah. I well, you know, listen. I've got a lot of thoughts on all that, but. Uh, Hey, they're they're doing the work that we're not doing. So shout out to them. You know, I'd rather be down here than sweat my ass off up there. So Bob's, that about to, Bob's about to roll off the screen like he does once once an appearance here. Uh, yeah, we get the uncomfortable stuff here. Yeah. Um, who else we do we got here? Hey, hey, Mark. Mark, come here, son. We love yeah. the union. We love everybody. You were getting some pushback on the uh, on the social media comments. It's we're actually live. Oh, okay. We're live. Oh, hey, look at that. Look at that. A couple of, a couple of guys from the suburbs just, cho- just chopping it up. What are you guys going to do later? Go to Applebee's, Bonefish Grill? What are we thinking of the suburbs? We're uh, we're actually comparing electric lawnmowers right now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. This is a ride on. Mine's a walk behind. Yeah, I got yeah. one of those uh, gift cards where you can use it at Bonefish or like Applebee's or like Fleming Steakhouse. Yeah, that's like the suburban dad. Right. The pinnacle. Yeah, I'm at Lala on the, uh, the table of contents. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right see, there. That's right. Yeah. So we're on the same team this year. So no pressure, but we got to win. Yeah. So. In, a, in a shocking game day transaction, I was traded to Team Chop 
from Team Phil Abundance, uh, oh. I, I think just for future considerations. Wow. But I just found out when wow. I showed up. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, it could be like a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, like a late move. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, just don't. Salary dump. It's a salary dump from don't, don't lacerate your spleen like he did, and we're all good. Here. <laughs> all right. I'll see you out there. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Kev, what's so, the uh, what's what do the cleats look like? Um, I'm wearing my soccer spikes. I don't. I don't have football. So. Uh, I, I, oh wow! Matching the shirt and everything. Look at you. Matching and everything. Yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, I got the old school Predators. I always wore Adidas. They just like. I, I just always liked that. They're molded. You know. I mean, most people just come out and wear, like, you know, the turn here. I'm doing Andy Reid and Bill, uh, Bill, what's his face from the Ravens? You know, it's uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, eat uh, the grass, like less miles. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's good, though. It's nice to uh, play on real, uh, play on, like, some good turf, you know. But, uh, yeah, I got the Adidas. I got the Predators going. Most people just wearing, uh, you know, like, running shoes or whatever. So, I don't think oh, that makes look. me a hard ass to wear, like, molded spikes. You know, if I was wearing, like, real shit, then, yeah. Now that the charity aspect is involved, I don't think you can be a hard ass. You're playing for either people who don't get fed at night, you're playing for children, or you're playing for people that need a big brother or a big sister. I think you go balls to the walls. I think I think you put a hat on the hat. I think you uh, I think you really set the tone out there first play. Maybe if you got to run someone over, maybe you got to run someone over. Listen, I always say like playing hard doesn't mean you're playing dirty. You know, like, there's a difference between that. You know, that's what I told the guy before I got ejected in soccer a couple years ago. But, uh, you know, judgment call by the referee on that one. But, uh, no, I mean, I mean it's, it's fun. It's incentive. I mean, you want to you, – you're trying, you're trying to get bragging rights and say that you raise more money than the, than the other people. Look, I mean, I think you get an extra $1,000 for everybody on your team. If you got, like, eight people on your team, that's an extra, like, $8,000 to charity. So why not, man? Charity is competitive. You know, people always, like – people always sure. try to see if they can raise more money than the, than the other team, even if it's not a – you know, whatever the forum is. You know what I mean? True. True. Anyone yeah. else there? Anyone else there we can talk to? Let me see if I recognize anybody else. Here. Where's AJ Feely? Come on, coach. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I got to find him. Um, I mean, let's, yeah, let's be if... honest. Could you pick him out of a lineup if he really did show up? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, no, he's like us now. He's like, he, you know, he's married and he's got like three kids and he's probably just doing like the dad thing, you know? Is so, that the uh, afternoon guy at WMGK or is that the former third string <laughs> Eagles uh, quarterback? You don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, right. There is some ambiguity there, but. Uh, no, I I don't see Hollis here either. I would have grabbed Hollis and brought him. I think Jason Avant is one of the coaches too. I think Sean Landetta's coming. Oh, but uh, yeah, they got to do player introductions. I think Spadaro's coming over here at some points. So I just got to make sure he doesn't stiff arm me. Yeah, and uh, you know then we'll be good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll see if I'll see. if anybody else comes around. I'll grab him. But uh, yeah, it's all good. Kev, what do you think about uh, came out from Jake Fisher that? The Sixers are going to pursue James Harden, but they're looking for a shorter-term agreement, one that will provide a lucrative payday for the 10-time All-Star, but doesn't present the Sixers with the possible predicament that Washington is currently facing. They're not, according to sources, going after Fred Van Vliet either. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's like what you and I said from the beginning. If you want to walk, if you want to let Harden walk, fine. But, uh, you know, I mean, what's what's the alternative? I mean, do you have a better choice right now do you have something that's going to replace him that's going to make you better you know i mean like bringing harden back on like a two-year thing maybe the best move that they have you know i just don't think they have a lot of options i don't think bradley deals it that contract is terrible i don't know if fred van vliet would even make you better than you than you were with james harden anyway um yeah. so you know i don't think they have a lot of options man i just think they're kind of up in and up against a wall here and uh you know i, I if 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 I had to guess, man, it feels like he's coming back, but not on a max. You know, I, I think they, they got to convince him of that, though, you know? 
do you feel, Bob? Uh, I feel like I don't care because they're going to re-sign him. They're going to bring him back, and they're going to lose in the second round. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously. I just – I don't understand, like, how, like, you can even like this team anymore. I, I, that's, like I, – I feel like I'm going to go, like, Russ Joy on this, but, like, it's just like, okay, yeah, bring back Harden, don't bring back Harden, I'll see you in the second round. No, 100%. I, I think it's going to be a tough, tough year for Sixers and following Sixers and Sixers season tickets and Sixers viewership. I really do think people are going to be so out on this team, even more out than they were when they brought Doc Rivers back uh, last year. It's it's going to be it's going to be bad. I know I'm not looking forward to it. Hopefully the Phillies can take us into November, and then hopefully the 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 uh, the Eagles can win it all, so that we can spend maybe two months on uh, on the Sixers. So. I don't How know you why doing I'm over there. Hand in my ear like I'm wearing an earpiece or something. <laughs> Man, Kev, what do you think about John? What do you think about uh, John LeClaire being special advisor to the Flyers? That's a new move, isn't it? Well, Simone, Simone Gagne lined up too. What's uh, <laughs> yeah, Kimo team and We're gonna get Mikhail Renberg out of whatever Scandinavian hostel he's in right now and see if we can get him like some HR pencil pusher job. I don't know. The whole the whole thing is just funny to me. I you know get Anthony's take on it. Anthony and Russell, you know. It's a new era of orange, man. I'm I'm fired up no matter what they do. So we 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 can't we can't get their take because they're they've been bought. Ant's got a book deal, and yeah. Keith Jones and Val Camillo came on Snow the Goalie, so they're just bought for the rest of their lives. Well, that's true. I mean, it's funny, you know. You you talk a lot of shit, and you think you're like the independent outlet, and then you get in bed with them, and next thing you know, you're compromised. So uh, that's the the that'll be Rust Rush Joy and Anthony San Francisco's autobiography. Compromise the story of Snow the Goalie, you know. So that'd be like uh, that'd be like Aunt Aunt and Bob getting in bed with Dave Dombrowski after just totally taking him to the woodshed for the last like five years when they started the podcast, or like Matt Clintac actually. It would have been Matt Clintac, yeah, Matt Clintac. Yeah. It would have been yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let me uh, hop off here because I got to get with my team. I want to be a bad teammate, you know. Um, I hear you, buddy. I got Craig down. Craig's down here too somewhere. He showed up and then I lost him. So. Uh, Got to find he's him and around, slithering in the darkness. Yeah, slink, slinking around. Uh, I'll track him down. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, no, it's good. Uh, I again, thanks to NRG for having us down here. It's always fun doing this, and uh, yeah, hopefully we have a good performance because last year we went zero for two. We had, we put up a donut. So, I got you plus one eighty is an anytime touchdown score. So make it happen out there. there. We go. Cash that. That is a stone cold lead pipe lock, as Tony Bruno used to say. So uh, <laughs> we're going to cash it. Cash that shit. All right, man. <laughs> Peace. Do, so, hey. do something good for us so we can put it on social media. Whew. All right. We got about five minutes left and then we'll head out. Um, hey, you're, hey, actually, I did want to talk to you about this. Your boy Carson Wentz, according to Adam Schefter, he's down practicing with John Gruden. And he's waiting for the right situation. So I guess Carson Wentz just has the pick of the litter uh, in the 32 teams in the NFL right now. What do you think about Car- your boy, your favorite? Carson Wentz is waiting for an injury in training camp is, is the right situation where he can start and prove that he is the player that everyone thought he was six years ago. Uh, th- that's really what he's waiting for. I mean, he is a guy that he has to start. There's no way that he's going to latch on willingly to a team – that has a premier quarterback and he's just going to hold a clipboard. It's just not how he's wired. He doesn't understand reality. He lives in a different universe. It's a totally unsurprising, totally unsurprising story. I mean, it's funny that he's in Tampa and he's watching, um, 
fuck, uh, the Kyle Trask and uh, Baker Mayfield overthrow guys in uh, in OTAs right now. So it's just it's just funny that he's found his way to Tampa, so he doesn't really have to move the entire family when he does sign because he'll probably sign with the Buccaneers unless uh, unless Tom Brady comes back. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's weird. One do- one day they'll they'll write stories about uh, fifteen to eighteen here in Philadelphia sports and what happened. I, I think I'm actually time. ready to. I think last year that failure for him in Washington. I think I'm ready to turn the page on Carson Wentz. You know, Kevin always kind of got on me about, hey, let it go. He's not here anymore. You guys have a good quarterback now. You're happy. Let everything just kind of like just let it all go. I think I'm ready to let go of Carson Wentz. I don't think I am. I don't think Ben Simmons no, you, and Carson Wentz will ever let go of. Okay. Yeah. I, I just think he's uh, such a non-threat at this point, and uh, it's just so clear to the degree of of how much of a loser he is that I think I can just let it go. I gotta oh, ask you. I gotta ask about your setup. You you have throughout this throughout this show, you've had a hard look to your left, as almost as if you've been like live betting on something, and you're like following it, like. So I'm watching you just go like this. What do you got going on over there? You watching like some midday television? You watching the live stream at 95? I think enough people know my setup behind me that I'm going to keep my left setup under an air of mystery. An air of mystery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I also have ADD, so I could just be looking at a wall for all we know. Yeah, you could be. Yeah, I don't know. It's a natural drift off off to the side here. Now I, I read I read Twitter I I have okay. notes for the show and stuff just okay, in case you know it. anything anything happens like Simone Gagne uh, he is now with the Quebec uh, the Quebec Remparts which is <laughs> actually a, the junior hockey Flyers team which I believe so Simone Gagne if if Danny Briere doesn't work out Simone Gagne you're right up so. <sighs> So, yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, we're just being fed the same thing. Thank God we're not huge Flyers fans. And thank God, you know, we might not be huge Sixers fans. I think you said it perfectly. It'll be very interesting to see what yeah, happens. And I, and I don't mean to, like, you know, you, you bring that up, and I sound like kind of like a jerk, right? Like, who cares? I don't think you're wrong, though. I think, you're, like, you're, I think you're taking, like, the natural, like, like not 82 games a year Sixers fan living and dying, reading Liberty Ballers or listening to Wright Sixers Sanchez. I think you're taking the normal approach to the Sixers. But I, I'm almost like, it, it's sort of like this. If you are that person, if you're that fan and you go into this off season, what plays out? Like what scenarios do you need to work yourself into? They can do it next year. Is it that the East doesn't have a clear cut, mm-hmm. you know, premier team? Is it that Nick nurse is going to be the difference? Is it addition by subtraction with doc rivers? Is it that, Jokic won a championship and now all of a sudden Embiid is going to be more motivated. Like, where, how do you get there? How do you get to like, you yeah, can't. this team can do it? You can't f- because a couple of reasons. The NBA regular season doesn't mean jack shit. It just doesn't. It needs to be lowered. It needs to be lessened. Guys need to start playing every game. Uh, every time you have a matchup between the Sixers and the Bucks, one of the teams aren't at full strength. You got Joel Embiid scoring 33 points a game. He struggled. Obviously, he was hurt again in the uh, in the playoffs. You have the eight-seed Miami Heat barely getting in, going all the way to the NBA Finals. The Nuggets played a seven-seed and two-eight-seed on the way to the championship. Not doing a ESP uh, impression there. It's just facts. Um, it's just the regular season is just so boring. It does not matter. 
It doesn't matter right now. And the, and the mid, mid-tournament mid thing is not going to get it to matter either. It's just like they're just throwing shit at a wall and hoping it sticks. Like you're going to have your, this is an outlier this year, but you're going to have your three contenders like you always do in the West and you have your three contenders in the East and they'll most likely be in the finals. And that's, and that's wrap. There's just, there's not enough parody. So that's why I'm okay punting on this season, taking some time off from the Sixers. I know it's my job, but I'll, uh, breaking news here, people, anyone who writes about Philly sports for a living, they don't all watch every single game in Philadelphia. Um, but it's like we could all, as Sixers fans, as people, as media people, as people who make a living off of Philly sports, just take a break from the Sixers for one year. Just take a break and give me an s- exciting sixth seed. Fifth, sixth seed, seed Maxi, take the next step. Don't sell Tobias for a first-round pick. Like, there's just, it sucks. It sucks, but that's where we're at. I don't know. No argument for me. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, listen, Bobby. I appreciate it. Sorry, everybody. It's a little, uh, it's a little of a of a shorter one this year. But <laughs> listen, you're nine ninety five traffic anyway, so I just killed forty five minutes for you. Hey, listen. Here's the deal. When the Phillies are about ten games over a month from now, have me back on. We'll really dive into the nuts and bolts of the twenty three Phillies. Okay. Okay. We'll talk trade deadline. What are we doing at the deadline? Yeah, exactly. We'll talk all star stuff. Talk, hey, do you think JT keeps the bats up? Do you think Brandon Marsh comes back? What's up with Bryson Stott? 610 632 0975. Did the Sixers fail Joel Embiid or did Joel Embiid fail the Sixers? We'll take your calls now. We'll talk to you. Thanks, everybody.